Welcome to the Oprah Boys Show. This is Antonio from No Marks Allowed. And let's get straight into it. Adam Hangman Page and Adam Cole had the fight of the week. I wouldn't say match of the week, but this wasn't a match. It was a strictly bare-knuckle, bruising, no-holds-barred fight. It was a Texas death match. And Adam Hangman Page said, I'm fed up and I want to head up. From Adam Hangman Page and Red Dragon doing silly shit like stealing the titles instead of winning them, playing goofy shit with AEW's name, and also sneak attacking Adam Hangman Page anytime they get. But this one wasn't for the faint of heart. And Adam Cole had this match in his hand several times, but it seems like Hangman was always able to, you know, shake back. And then after Adam shake back, it was always Hangman Page being the one with the counters. Like in one sequence, when, you know, Adam Page hit him with a standing kick. I mean, Adam Cole hit him with a standing kick, sat Hangman Page down in his chair. Then Adam Cole tried to super kick him. Hangman grabbed him, flipped him over his head and got him in the, um, you know, like a fireman's carry and then dropped him on his chair and his neck hit the chair. And that was one of the best spots of the match. But this is when I thought the match was going to turn in favor of Adam Cole right here. Watch Hangman Page grabs the chair with the barbed wire. You probably can't even see this shit with my decorations with my shoes in the figure. Now, you can see the commentator is like Adam Page is going to a dark place. Now, this is a Texas death match. Adam had every right to do this to the Adam Cole. But Hangman was like, nah, I'm a face. I'm doing things the right way for the big man upstairs, Brody Lee. But Adam is from the Undisputed Era. And he's cut thrown as he hit him right in the nuts. And this is when I thought Adam was going to win the match right here. Super kick. Super kick again. Then the lariat. And Adam Page hit him with the buckshot too, but he didn't win with that. But this was dope right here. He wraps the barbed wire around his arm. But it was a dope part of the match when Adam Cole... Grabbed the chain and clotheslined Hangman with it. That was crazy. But these are the matches AEW can always put out that no one's putting out on the big format. You know what I mean? On the big stage. Look at that. Like every time Adam Cole tried to do something, Hangman countered it. I think Hangman got Adam Cole's number. Now why should he wrap the barbrier around his head like Jesus and get him in the dead eye? How ironic. Like, this is a coincidence, but wham! Woo! They both almost knocked each other out, but Adam Page was able to get back in the ring like around 7 or 8. But this goes to show you that if AEW keep doing this shit, 
GCW and all these deathmatch companies is going to be obsolete. That's why you see GCW bringing Moxley in there. You see them bringing Ninja Mac in there. You see them bringing Matt Quinonia in there. Thunder Rosa in there because Tony is having these deathmatches with bigger stars saying, you guys ain't doing shit special. So now GCW has to step their deathmatch game up and have light bulbs, you know, tables, like shards of glass. When, you know, they had a great match that did a lot of damage, but they probably won't have the war wounds and lifetime scars that the GCW people do. So that's why you see GCW always bringing AEW talent there because they're going to have to do more than deathmatches. But I feel like Adam Cole and this Hangman Page thing is over. And I think Adam Cole's next opponent should be either CM Punk or Keith Lee. But I'm pretty sure it's CM Punk. Because how is CM Punk not the number one contender after you look at his resume? Like I said last week, he beat Wardlow. He beat um, MJF. You see what I'm saying? Like, he beat Real Hobbs. Like, his strength of schedule is crazy. And then he's going against Dustin Rhodes on Wednesday. So, shout out to AEW. Be a cowboy, baby. With a top left back and the sunshine shining. Cowboy, baby. West Coast chilling with the moon's Be a cowboy, baby. Now, shout out to Sammy Guevara, because he became three times, three times, three times TNT champion. And, man, I just don't hit the same like Booker T's five times. Five times, five times, WCW World Champion. But let's not trip on Scorpio Sky. Let's not trip on AEW. Let's not trip on anything. Because I see where niggas is trying to go. Oh, AEW is doing black wrestlers wrong. No, if you watch this match, this was an entertaining match. It had everything you wanted to see. High spots, good technical wrestling. The bullshit, like the runouts and everything. This was a perfect wrestling match. And Sammy Garver flipped the script by hitting, you know, Scorpio Sky with the low blow and getting him in his favorite move, his finisher. And you have no one to blame but Dan Lambert and Eflin Page because they couldn't stay their ass in the back. So they got that issue. Look at Sammy going off on him. Busted Eflin Page shit open. So... This is not the same thing as Bianca getting jobbed out in 27 seconds by Becky Lynch. Or Brock Lesnar, you know, or Kofi Kingston getting jobbed out to, you know, Brock Lesnar in 7 seconds. So 7 seconds, well, Be Becky did it to Belair for 20 seconds. And Belair had to wait for WrestleMania to, to, get, to get a payoff. Kofi never got that payoff. Kofi never was the same. It just proved that Kofi Mania was a joke. But this is a TNT title. This is a mid-card title. MJF won't go near this motherfucker. Darby is done with this motherfucker. He doesn't want to go near it. CM Punk doesn't want to go near it. Chris Jericho doesn't want to go near it. None of the top stars want to go near it. Adam Page, not Adam Page, but Adam Cole strictly just... He literally just came to AEW. He went right into title contention. The AEW TBS title or TNT title, not the TBS SJs. The TNT title is a mid-card title. And no one's going to hold it for a long time. Look at the champions. Cody Rhodes lost to Brody Lee. Two weeks later, he got a dog collar match 
or maybe one week later, it was a short amount of time that Brody Lee had that title. Rest in peace, the great Brody Lee. But Cody Rhodes got the title back. What in the dog collar match? Cody Rhodes was a three-time TBS title. Miro, better known as Rusev, he had the TNT title. Darby had it. No one's going to get a long run with this TNT title until better wrestlers and people that aren't mid-card go for it. Like, you know, Dustin Rhodes went for it. And until someone else steps up and say, like CM Punk, Sting, you know, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, go for that TNT title, it's always going to switch hands like a hot potato. That's a television title. It's known to change hands. Now, if they want to say, okay, Sammy Garver, we're going to make this, you know, like the IC card title, and you're going to have the historical heel run like the Honky Tonk Man did. He had a long run as an Intercontinental Champion. I think Kurt Hennett, Mr. Perfect, had one too. But this match had everything you wanted to see. And the only people we can blame is Dan Lambert and the American Top Team for this loss, not AEW or nothing, because... They tried to do the cheating shit, and it backfired. And now people have a reason to boo Sammy Guevara because he hit, you know, your man Scorpio Sky with a low blow. So let's not bring diversity or anything in this. This is the nature of the TNT title. It's a hot potato title. It moves hand to hand, just like a hot potato. And we got to look at this. I even don't hate and say get a ring, because if I had a girlfriend hard as take contact, we'd be kissing everywhere. That's just how I carry it. because I went to Wrestlemania and I came back from Mania and you know I was kind of behind because I got back Tuesday but the Young Bucks and FTR had one of the greatest tag team matches of the year if not the tag team match of the year this match was so good here's what the Young Bucks ADW super hater Jim Cornette had to say about this hold on now we need a drum roll There you go. The moment we've all waited for. And I will have you know, I said earlier, this is the first time in almost 50 years that I've been able to watch a wrestling match purely as a fan. Because I didn't know what was going to happen in the finish, and I really hate the heels and was pulling for the baby faces. That has not happened in a long time for me. So I was able to sit down and enjoy this. And I'm going to Shock the world here, Brian Last, and maybe you too, your delicate ears. I'm going to call the young bucks by their names in this review. They have earned at least that much from me for this match that I will call them the young bucks instead of the Hardly Boys or the Cucamonga Kids because they really tried to wrestle here. And that's, that's not even a backhanded compliment. They never try. I'm not saying that uh, uh, they can't ever do it. I'm saying they've never tried. There's still the, the visual situation with the, you know, do we really think in any way, shape, or form that either of these two guys could stand up in front of Dax or Cash physically for 30 seconds? No. But 
the fans have taken to disliking even the AEW fans. I think they're enjoying disliking lately the Young Bucks. I think first they were into the, oh, they're being heels, and now they're like, yeah, these fucking guys. But regardless, they tried and succeeded to have a wrestling match. For the first time in my memory, they kept it in the ring. There was no ridiculous contrived. There wasn't the spot where they grabbed the opponent's leg and sling it to the other opponent who grabs the leg to help out and their tumbling routines and the trampoline stuff. They had a wrestling mat. Do you think it w was this personal with these, these two to show they can do it if they want to, or somehow they got interested in doing something for the good of the company or for the good of the business here instead of just themselves. What do you attribute this shocking occurrence to where the young bucks actually stayed in the ring, even with the corpse referee, they, the, the referee didn't look bad because they never buried him as referee in the business, but he wasn't particularly onerous here because they didn't bury him. He wasn't doing stupid shit, but you know, Jim Cornette got his panties all wet, wet, wet. Mr. Sus, Jim Cornette, because you know FTR is his tag team. They come out to the Midnight Express music, the Hall of Fame tag team that Jim Cornette, ex you know, managed for years. One of the greatest tag teams ever. Made Jim Cornette one of the greatest managers ever. So you know his panties had to be wet when the FTR got their revenge and beat the Young Bucks and retained the ROH titles and the Triple H tag team titles. And FTR has been on the fucking roll. This is another WWE transplant. Now look, FTR had the NXT tag team titles, the SmackDown tag team titles, the Raw tag team titles, and still wanted to leave. I love the WWE, but it's a love-hate relationship. I love what they did for the culture with the Attitude Era in the 80s, but they can fuck up with a good dream and they fucked up the revival. But let's not, let's get back to Jim Cornette. Because like Jim Cornette, he's seen that this was one of the greatest tag team matches. And you know, he never calls Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks by his name. He calls him Kenny Olivier. He, he calls the Young Bucks anything about, except for their real names. And he said that, you know, I'm going to call the Young Bucks by their first and last name or their real name, something of that nature. And that's what WWE doesn't do that AEW does. They don't pay attention to the hate. They don't say, well, love what you watch and instead of hate what you bury. No. You know, bury what you hate, love what you watch. And if WWE or any of these promotions that no one's talking about wants people to say positive things about them, have great matches like this. Prove your haters wrong. Because Jim Cornette, the last thing he wanted to do was say something good about AEW. He still thinks Cody Rhodes is the best wrestler in the elite. Because he's sucking Cody Rhodes' dad off. Dusty, that was his best friend. And everybody knows when it comes to in-ring wrestling, no one in the world that has two eyes that can see says the, you know, the standard of in-ring greatness is Cody Rhodes. But according to Cody Rhodes, according to Jim Cornette, Cody Rhodes was always the best wrestler in the elite. Kill yourself. And I don't mean that literally, bitch. You know what the streets say when you say kill yourself. That's like, forget about it. Like, get out of here. You know what I mean? 
I don't want no one to commit suicide. But this was what I, I just love this match, man. And this is why the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, because they can lose, not have the tag team titles, take three weeks off AEW and still have it to be the best wrestling show, come back and still have the best match of that week or the best tag team match. This is ridiculous how good the Young Bucks are. They're scary good. It's like a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers holds out, don't come to no training camp at all because he's upset. Now he knows he has to play, and then he comes in to start getting the MVP. That's what the Young Bucks is. You know, that's how the Young Bucks are. But what's next for the Young Bucks? I mean, it's truly not a title shot. You just lost. So that title shot is going to be going to FTR. And will FTR be belt collectors like Matt Cordonia, but have belts that count? You know what I mean? Like the RRH, AAA, and AEW tag team titles? That'd be crazy. But you know, Matt and Nick is looking there at shops because they have something cooked up at Double or Nothing. Because it's not a coincidence that the Hardys are working together now. So Double or Nothing, we might can see that dream match. They wrestled five years ago. The first time ever they wrestled five years ago. But it wasn't on the big stage. It was on Ring of Honor. Imagine that Double or Nothing, the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Brothers. That'll be fucking crazy. Like, the Hardy Brothers versus the Young Bucks in AEW's first ever pay-per-view, their inaugural pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, the first show that AEW ever had, the Young Bucks and the Hardys. That's why I say sometimes you win when you lose. And that's what the Young Bucks did. They took themselves out of tag team contention. But at the end of May, it could be... In a dream match that all wrestling fans would, um, you know, come to see. The Young Bucks and the Hardy Brothers. So shout out to Matt and Nick for proving their haters wrong again.
Now let's get into some WWE. Because usually I don't talk about WWE. I only talk about them on the pay-per-views. But WWE has been kind of hot lately. Especially after WrestleMania. Then the tribal chief Roman Reigns spreading love. Saying he doesn't want to be the one shitting on everybody with multiple belts. He wants his cousins to have two belts. And before I get into this situation with RK Bro. Remember, Dave Meltzer said this first. He said they were planning a WrestleMania show or a match with Roman and The Rock. You know, in some way or fashion. But it was going to be a tag team match because they didn't want to, you know, The Rock getting injured. And it's going to be one of the Usos versus Roman and one of the Usos. Now, I told you on an episode that I think got my page shut down that I know who... You know, Dave Meltzer's sources in the WWE. And this Freebird, Michael Hayes, who's a producer. Because this makes absolutely 100% sense. This makes sense. Now, why would Roman turn on one of the Usos? Because the Usos won't win the Raw Tag Team titles. And won't be... You know, holding all the gold. Now, who's going to be the blame? They're not, not going to say RKO is just better than the Usos. What they're going to say is, well, Jay or Jimmy, what do you two cost us? And what do you two is, you know, not holding their end of the bargain when it comes to this tribal family, the head of the table. You know, the Samoan SWAT team or the Samoan... Legacy. So Roman and Jimmy or Jay, either Roman or one of the issues are going to beat up, you know, their own. And then The Rock will come to save them and that will set up the match. Now, would this set up a Royal Rumble match or a Money in the Bank match or a Survivor Series match or, I don't know, the Survivor Yeah, that comes before Mania. Then it will set up The Rock versus Roman if The Rock doesn't get injured and he performs well in that tag team match. I don't know, but that makes perfect sense. That because The Rock faced Cena two times in a row at WrestleMania, and both times he was injured. So that does make sense. And who else would know that shit except for someone that produces matches like Freebird Michael Hayes? Now WrestleMania is a long time from now, so the Usos may beat RK Bro at Backlash, but end up losing it to another tag team like. You know, the Alpha Academy, Street Profits, um, or to RK Bro again right before Mania. And that would cause the rift in the family, um, the Usos, and, you know, Roman, the Tribal Alliance, whatever you call it. I, I am not a WWE guy. I only watch it when it's hot. I will tell you the truth. There's people's names that I forget. But Dave Meltzer makes perfect sense. Because building that rock storyline is going to be a long time for now. But the Brian Alvarez says here's why he doesn't think The Rock will, you know, face, uh, you know, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm going to play it for you. Take a look. The sixth episode of the show's second season aired on Tuesday night. During the program, Rock was just beginning his wrestling training with his father, Rocky Johnson, at the time. 
He's later shown with his family watching Yokozuna wrestle at the Royal Rumble on television. A young Joe Anawai, Roman Reigns, is watching the events as well. Joe jumps on Rock's shoulders and asks for someone to give him a Samoan drop. When no one responds, he asks them all to acknowledge him. That's historically inaccurate. Joe pleads with his cousin to wrestle him in the living room, but Rock tells him, quote, The world's not ready. A match that big can only happen at WrestleMania. Now, I've been wrong before, okay? But WWE absolutely, 100%, without question, wants The Rock and Roman Reigns to headline next year's WrestleMania in Los Angeles, okay? I have said from day one, I don't think this match is going to happen. And the reason for that is because, you know, The Rock is, is uh, he's a big-time movie star. You guys aware of that or not? So, uh, you know, The Rock does a movie, and he makes $25 million or something. So in order to do WrestleMania, number one, he's got to clear his schedule of any movie that's going to pay him $25 million to do a WrestleMania match where I'm pretty confident they ain't going to pay him $25 million. That's number one. Number two, even if you postpone your films, the last two matches that The Rock had in WWE, he seriously injured himself. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the last two matches The Rock had, but it was with the John Cena in 2011, and it was with John Cena in 2012. Well, looking at my... Now, Alvarez has some great points. And, you know, The, the Rock would, only, would have to clear out his movie schedule. That is true. WWE would have to pay him $25 million or his movie quote. That is true. But here's a caveat. What if The Rock wants to do it? You know what I mean? I feel like The Rock is a big enough star, and anyone that wants The Rock to do a movie for $25 million will postpone production if he says, I really want to do this WrestleMania thing. You know my history. That's part of the reason why you want me in this movie. You know my blockbuster track record. Push this movie back or record it, you know, at another time after Mania. Alvarez has also another good point about the injuries. But I said a long time ago, these mass firings probably had something to do with them getting prepared to pay The Rock $25 million for a WrestleMania showdown. And then they'll ask those guys to come back for less money. Selena Vega did that. She was fired and asked to come back for less money. They can always let The Miz go. You know what I mean? Have them come back for more money. Now, some of these guys that got fired, we might not, never see them again. That's why they, he asked so many guys. But I feel like a movie studio would push their movie back and let The Rock do WrestleMania if WrestleMania pays them $25 million. Now, Batista, will The Rock feel disrespected and say, well, I'm not going to wrestle unless I get my movie quote? Because what if Vince says, I'll give you $10 million. I can't afford, you know, $25 million. Would The Rock do it? Because Batista got his regular wrestling salary, and he felt that it was going to help him out in Hollywood, and it didn't. So Batista went on several shoots saying, I would only go back to wrestling if I went broke. You see what I'm saying? Because he feels like anything he did in Hollywood is because of him and not the WWE, because he's not getting leading man roles um, when he first left WWE. He was Drax, probably the fifth most popular 
character on Guardian of the Galaxy. He got that because he was big and stupid looking. You know what I mean? But everything else that he got is from him networking and not the WWE. So once he did that WrestleMania and it didn't propel him to more bigger roles, he went on several interviews and said, I will never go back to wrestling. I would have to go broke to go back to WWE because it didn't do anything for him. I don't see WrestleMania doing anything for The Rock. I see The Rock doing a lot for WWE and WrestleMania. So that's why I agree with Brian Alvarez when he says it won't happen because, because you know, um, he would have to clear his schedule. But I also disagree with him because I feel like Hollywood will, you know, push their movie back because they're not going to get anybody else to replace The Rock. That's why he wanted The Rock. You don't know if Ryan Reynolds is going to sell that movie like The Rock. You don't know if, you know what I mean, Liam Nelson is going to sell that movie like The Rock. Or Jamie Foxx is going to sell that movie like The Rock or Denzel. You might want The Rock. Now, Denzel and Jamie Foxx historically has done well. But to do all the physical shit that The Rock does in his movies, you might want The Rock. That's why you're reaching out to Dwayne Johnson. Now, does Dwayne Johnson have the responsibility to Hollywood to do those $25 million movies because Hollywood has been making him the past 10 to 15 years, $25 million a movie. And WWE has been left away in the back burner. So does The Rock have the responsibility to say, you know, I'm not clearing up my schedule. If I have a movie, I'm going to do it. And WrestleMania is just going to be WrestleMania. Because let's face it, Rock can do a movie every week if he wants to. You know how many Hollywood scripts that's out there that if The Rock says, I want it, he'll get it. So it's not all about him having to clear up his schedule. It's if The Rock wants to do it bad enough where he can ask the Hollywood people to, you know, push it back. If Rock wants to do it bad enough, will Rock go back and be like, oh, you know, Vince is going to give me $10 million to do this. So instead of $25 million, give me like $10 million and 5% on the back end of this film. And then if you do this for me, I do this for you. You see what I'm saying? So even though Alvarez is right in some of his parts that The Rock won't come back to WrestleMania because of those reasons, I feel like it's an opening and a possibility of The Rock coming back for the reasons I just told you. Me. I just wanted to know where all you indie motherfuckers at and you New Japan guys at because John Moxley and Will's Osprey had one of the best matches of the week and no one said anything about it. It's not on my timeline and people like to say, well, you know, they like to talk all this shit about WWE and why people watch AEW and WWE and only talk about AEW and WWE. Well, the New Japan fans, the GCW fans, they don't do enough to put their product out there. It's almost like they're hiding, you know, with their tail behind their legs and not giving these promotions props. So that's why we only talk about AEW and WWE. But John Moxley 
has to be top three because he's going to promotion and promotion, wrestling the best wrestlers in the world like Will Ospreay, Juice Robinson, Kenta, and winning. It don't matter how many belts you have. This Moxley is not let you go home with them belts, but he's going to kick your ass and take the victory. And once again, a wrestler, you know, tries to wrestle John Moxley with all this technical and high-flying shit, and Moxley turns it into a brawl and ends up winning. Now, this is not a controversial winning ending, because the ending was controversial because Moxley hit him with, like, three, you know... DDTs and you know dirty deeds and Osprey kicked out of it and then you know Moxley got him in the submission move and the referee called it and Moxley didn't know what the fuck was going on so Moxley kicked the referee in the stomach and hit him with a dirty deeds and I'm like what the fuck just happened and I'm watching the New Japan feed where it's Japanese commentary and I don't know what what happened but this is different cause, for Matt Caronia, because Matt Caronia is walking around with a lot of belts and bragging. But I have nothing against the wrestler, but Matt Caronia isn't beating anybody. And those belts that he has, we don't know where the fuck they came from. Did he make them up, and who did he beat to get those belts? Tim Storm is not a big name. Or Trevor Murdoch is not a big name. Look at these people John Moxley has beaten. A.J. Gray. Will Ospreay, Kenta, Juice Robinson. Now this is the part I'm talking about. He hit some with three dirty deeds. Well now it didn't look controversial. He tapped out. Now on that view he tapped out. So the win wasn't controversial. But I swear to God. I guess the angle on the New Japan broadcast didn't show that, but um, John Moxley won another tough match. And the problem I had about this New Japan, Windy City, and Chicago broadcast, there was no replay. So whenever, like, Osprey did some dope shit, you couldn't rewind it because it was live, or, you know, you couldn't see it again. But New Japan... Also did something interesting in that match where they said in this corner, that's John Moxley from AEW. Then it's this corner. They, they showed all the real Ospreys belts. So I thought it was dope that they didn't pretend that it was just somebody coming in there. It was an AEW versus New Japan match. And John Moxley is definitely top three in the game. Oh, yeah. He also called out Tanahashi for Washington, D.C. That was dope. Take a listen to this, or take a look at this um, call out of Tanahashi. Washington, DC. Washington, DC. This is your last chance to accept my challenge, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Washington, DC. Love call. We can do this one
stories out was that, you know, Cody Rhodes left WWE for AEW. And I'm going to explain to you why. This is why you know AEW is a big-time company. Because now WWE is wanting to hire guys that, you know, AEW isn't using no more and use them as an asset. Now, here's more wrestlers that's benefiting or can benefit from Cody leaving AEW for WWE. And here's a few wrestlers I think WWE will open with, you know, what WWE will welcome with open arms now that they're doing well in AEW. And the first is John Moxley. Now, we don't know how long John Moxley's deal was, but John Moxley entered AEW with a bang at their first ever show, Double or Nothing. He ends up, you know, hitting Jericho with the dirty deeds, then taking out Kenny Omega, busting his shit wide open. You couldn't have a better wrestling debut than John Moxley had with AEW. Had the denim cutoff jacket with the mocks on it. Ever since then, Moxley has been the AEW champion, the GCW champion. What we now in Japan, the IWGP United States title champion. And I don't know, John Moxley has said that he's getting $6 million a year more than what Roman's getting. So I don't know if he signed a five-year deal or a four-year deal. But now, I feel like if WWE say, we'll give you $8 million a year, come back to us. Never say never. Will Tony Khan match that eight million? Or what John Moxley was like, no, I'll take seven, you know, to stay here. But you have to pay me more than the six. I'll stay here. Or will John Moxley go there? Because we've seen Cody Rhodes go back to WWE. We don't know if it's a three or five year deal. I know WWE usually do five year deals. But Cody wasn't the dust. Cody came back the same way he was in AEW, the American Nightmare. So if John Moxley came back as the straight, you know, hardcore kick-ass dude walking to the audience singing, wow, thing, Vince sees that that works, and he'll open, he'll welcome John Moxley back with open arms. Adam Cole, I just talked to him at the begin, talked about him at the beginning of the show, was undefeated his first ten matches in AEW. Got two title shots with John Moxley. Did the same thing he did on NXT with a bigger audience through the hilly, ghastly, ghouly shit like stealing belts. And then coming back, having death matches with um, Adam Hangman Page. Great matches. Now, Vince McMahon sees that Adam Cole can be a big star in, you know, in front of larger audiences. Now, if Adam Cole's deal is over, or if it's two, three, or four years, Adam Cole can go back to WWE and say, maybe I can get that WrestleMania moment. You know what I mean? Vince won't ask him to be butch because he, he got over at AEW, the company that's kicking his ass, as Adam Cole Bay Bay. So, Adam Cole is welcome back with open arms. Daniel Bryan. That wasn't that he wasn't happy with you know, WWE, but he wanted to wrestle. He wanted to say wrestling. He didn't want to do sports entertainment no more. His wife, the Bella Twin, is very cool with WWE. You know, appears on WWE television, appears on WWE WrestleMania still. They have a good relationship with WWE. Daniel Bryan just wanted to fucking wrestle and go to New Japan. Now that 
Vince sees that that's working, maybe he'll bring Brian Danielson back. You know, after his four-year deal is over, and be like, okay, Daniel, because you can never say never. You can't. And Daniel Bryan didn't leave WWE on bad terms. He was just sick of, you know, Roman getting put over and NXT getting treated like shit. And they're going into a direction where it's entertainment first and wrestling second. Remember, Johnny Knoxville and Pat McAfee and Jake Paul had matches before Seth Rollins. And they make it turn out to be... It was an angle. No, they forgot about fucking Seth Rollins. Because <laughs> they had Jake Paul, Pat McAfee, and Johnny Knoxville. All, you know, without not having anything for Seth. So, they had to work that shit with Cody out. Because the shit with Cody wasn't worked out. So, I think they probably tapped on another 1.5 or 2 million for Cody to sign. So, Seth can have a partner. Because my thing was, I thought Cody was going to confront Roman. But... They fumbled that, and Seth didn't have a partner. I don't think that was the original plan. So Daniel Bryan can come back. Matt Cardonia. Like Jim Cornette said, who the fuck is Matt Cardonia? Now, Matt Cardonia, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, only had one shining moment ever in WWE, and he was on the back burner not getting... Used, but was stacking his paper, stacking his paper. So when he did get released, he could go and, and you know, do a lot of indies and play that role that, you know, I came from a bigger promotion and I'll, I'll shit on you guys. Like he said about ECW and, I mean, GCW and all these indies piggybacking off WrestleMania pay-per-views and throwing shows in those same, those, throwing shows in those same cities, you know. Matt Colonia brought that up. You know, if it wasn't for me, your promotion wouldn't be doing shit. I'm selling these tickets and he's out collecting belts. Vince and Triple H is probably seeing that and be like, okay, now we can use Matt Cardonia because none of these other guys are getting over. He can come back in probably one or two years. Matt Cardonia probably can come back now. Or if WWE might look at Cardonia how I look at it as well, he's getting these indie belts that don't really mean anything. So he's not really over. When he went to AEW, he had a cup of tea there and wasn't there. He went to GCW, won the GCW title. Then he lost it to Moxley. Didn't really do anything after that. So a lot of indie fans might say Cordonia is doing his thing. But I want to know what do us AEW and WWE fans think? Do you think... The same way I think is those belts that he has don't mean anything and it's just desperate promoters wanting to put the title on him. Or do you think Matt Cardonia is really getting over? Let me know what you think. Or do you think, you know, WWE will see what Matt Cardonia is doing in the Indies and invite him back? Because Matt Cardonia is not under contract with nobody. So WWE can call him tomorrow and say, I like what you're doing, Matt. You know, come back to WWE. So let me know. Um, but I feel like People that's gonna that can immediately benefit from Cody going back is Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Adam Cole, and Matt Cadonia. And Chris Jericho, you see the shape that Chris Jericho is in? Say Jericho was like, you know, I did my party in AEW, and you know, I got these young guys over, the inner circle over, Sammy over. I want to try something different. I want to go back to WWE and see if they let me become the pain maker and go against Roman Reigns at the main event of WrestleMania. If Roman Reigns is still main event in WrestleMania three four years from now, which he probably is because WWE do the same shit. But yeah, Chris Jericho can go back to WWE despite what he said. Because like I said, Cody was one of the main 
ones that was making fun of WWE and shitting on Triple H and being the on being the elite and they invited him back like it was nothing. So here's the fuck wrestlers that can go back to WWE now that they're go over. Daniel Bryan, John Moxley, Adam Cole, Matt Cardonia, and Chris Jericho. Those five WWE guys that Vince will welcome back with open arms. <laughs> Holy shit!